you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio, and you're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison. I'm glad that you're with me today. Man, we have a great show planned. Uh, in the first segment, I have a special guest with me, Mr. Philip Buttram. And we're going to talk about uh, the ministry that he's a part of, the Gospel Track Society, and uh, just reading up on the history of it. And I'm like, man, the faithfulness of God's people. You know, when God tells you to obey and you do it, man, some great things happen. We don't know what's on the other side of obedience. You know, we just have to obey. But uh, we're going to get into that. But first, I just want to have a couple announcements. If you would like to watch the broadcast, you can right now live. Uh, if you have Facebook, you can go there. Facebook Live, we're, we're there. Just search Airing the Addisons. Also on YouTube, just search Airing the Addisons. And of course, next week is the Marriage Family Life Conference. Man, we are ready. We are ready. We are ready. We've been praying. We're just uh, expecting God to really move. Uh, and I was—I remember talking to some of the people, uh, volunteers and teachers and, and things like that, the staff, and saying, look, this is not an event. You know, we, we desire for this to be more than an event that people would just come to, but it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to meet with God, and uh, we just really are expecting God to move, just as, all, as, as he does always, and he's been faithful. He's been faithful. So I'm looking forward to seeing everyone next week, uh, July 6th, 7th, and 8th, right here in Tupelo, Mississippi, at the Cadence Bank Arena. I'm going to have a great time. Uh, also, if you check out the website, marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, you can check out AFA at the Ark. We'll be holding that event coming up in October. You can get all the details about AFA at the Ark. If you want to join us for, for that, uh, you can register right now. Registration is still open. There, there are limited uh, 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 spaces. And so make sure if you want to come, you go and register for AFA at the Ark. Go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. So, but today I want to talk to a uh, special guest, Philip Buttram, uh, president of the Gospel Track Society of Independ- Independence, Missouri. Is that, is that right? Independence, Missouri. And uh, Gospel Track Society. I was reading some of the, the, uh, the origins of it, you know, about your dad, who God impressed it upon his heart to, to start this, and how his faithfulness and then people just begin to help him. And before he knew it, he was able just to do it and be full-time uh, uh, printing tracks and, and things like that. And and the effect I, I would believe that it had just on so many people just having these gospel tracks. But just tell us a little bit about the ministry. Well, I'm, I'm going to China. And eventually, Dad lost the argument. And God told Dad, there's two conditions, there's two mandates. Number one, it's not to be man's doctrine, it's to be my word. Okay. Number two, you are not to sell my word. Mm. So for 97 years, we have published, produced, 
millions and millions and millions, untold millions pieces of, of literature of God's Word in gospel tracts. 97 years. 97 years. Wow. And we have never sold a piece. We're, we're nonprofit. We're organized, a legal nonprofit, 501c3. So all gifts are, are tax-free, tax-exempt. But over the 97 years, God has met the need. Mm-hmm. We're able to send out literature to people who can't afford to donate. People donate and order tracks, and we have some people that just donate because they know that it's God's word going out. Wow. So what, wherever we are, God has always supplied the need. Now, truthfully, there have been the 11th hours where we had bills come in. Yeah. I mean, we are technically a, a business like everybody else. You know, yeah. we have electricity and insurance and right. printing and papers and blah, blah, blah. But God meets the needs time and time and time again. And there have been special projects where God says, you know, I want you to do this. Hmm. Okay, God. Like how? There's not that much <laughs> money, dude. And it always comes in when it is due. Amen. And God always, always meets the need because we're faithful servants to his word. You know, wow. it's not our doctrine. Many times it may be like a sermon. There may be a point, an yeah. opinion, but it does not conflict with the word of God, period, never. Hmm. So how have, have these tracks you know, even in their presentation, uh, changed over the years. Because when Pastor Joseph gave me some tracks, he showed me, and I was like, I was expecting one thing, but what I saw was just a, just multiple different, you know, there was a coloring book, there was a, like a comic type thing, and then there was a traditional type track. So how did that just change over the years? Well, God provides inventions, and it's, it's for his people. Mm-hmm. It gets distorted by the world just like the internet. The internet was not made for sin and pornography. It was made to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Over the years, we've had ink presses, and going back to the the 50s, they were kind of dull on newsprint, (laughs) but that's all that was available. Yeah. Okay? When when God called him back to the ministry, and this was 10 years ago, I I was the youngest of three brothers. Mm -hmm. I had three younger sisters. Mm -hmm. So... I had to go out in the world and seek my fame and fortune. <laughs> no, not really. But, but when God called me back, I, I saw our shelves were full of, of tracks, and they were printed on an ink press, mm. and which has its limitations and, and other, uh, well, things that, that would, would bind us. And God impressed me that was not what he wanted. Mm. You know, we, had, we had back orders you know, six and seven weeks because of the, of the, the ink press. Wow. So God began to lead me to, to the, the new technology that was available. And over a period of months, I didn't have the money to buy a, a, a digital press. Right. You know, we're talking fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. Wow. I had barely enough money for two weeks of payroll. Wow. And God began to deal with me. He said, okay, you pick out the device that's going to serve the ministry and bring it where it needs to be. So I shopped the market, didn't really tell anybody, and I found a, a machine that, like, okay, this, this is affordable if I had the money, mm-hmm. and it would do what we need. I presented the need to what we call a mailing list, faithful followers. In three months, in three months, the offerings, the mail began to increase without orders, just began to increase. God began to, to, to bring the money in. Wow. In three months, I was able to buy this digital press wow. outright in cash. Wow. $52,000. Wow. I gives me goosebumps. Praise God. It, Praise God. It's not me. Mm-hmm. It's not my father. It's not GTS. It's my father. Mm-hmm. Now... We have over 900 titles in stock. Mm-hmm. If somebody, and quite often, somebody will pull something out of their, their files mm-hmm. and say, oh, can I want 50 copies of this. 
and it may have not been printed for 40 years. So digitally, I can go back, I can recreate it, put a new cover on it that's attractive, full color, mm-hmm. more color, mm-hmm. get on the press, and get it shipped the same day. Because today's world is, I want it now. You yeah. know, I, I'm impatient. I'm spoiled. Mm-hmm. The world has spoiled me. I need it now. Right. Right. If someone doesn't get an order in three days, they're calling. So where's my order? <laughs> well, we shipped it. Let's check with the post office. Yeah. But God has God has done that. He He's given us the ability to take artwork and the the technology of typing and, and word setting, and put His word in something that's readable, mm. that's easy to understand, is palatable, is eye candy. You know, it's got to be attractive in today's world. You got to attract to people visually. Mm. God has given that ability, and. People are being saved. It's it's a wonderful tool. Awesome, man! Praise God. And so you were um, uh, called back. You said uh, was it 2014, 2015 that you took over as being director? Did you did you go and do other things? And if you did, like how did you know that God was calling you back <laughs> to this ministry? Well, I I was raised around the ministry, right? You know, my summer job was you know taking out trash or gathering samples. <laughs> right. Okay, and. Being the youngest of three boys, you know, hey, baby brother doesn't know anything. <laughs> so I was able to get a, a scholarship for electronics. So my first job was electronic engineer. Okay. I've had multiple jobs, and every job, God blessed me, and I moved up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And I was a airline pilot. Really? Uh, you know, I've, I've flown corporate. <laughs> wow. I was chief pilot for the third largest corporation in the world. Wow. Uh, you know, I was a, I was a Czech airman. Uh all those jobs went away, and I was out out of work. Hmm. So I went back to college mm-hmm. and got certified as industrial heat and air conditioning. Okay. I was advertising director for a blue chip firm. You know, all these different jobs <laughs> were foundations for what I do now. Yeah. I mean, the advertising, the electronics, all these things God has used in this pos- is, position. Oh, man, that's awesome. There have been, been many times there was always a tenderness in my heart for the spirit. Hmm. I can remember this one time I was in Wichita, Kansas in a high-rise overlooking the airport at 2 o'clock in the morning. I looked out, and there's this beautiful runway, red lights, white lights, blue lights. But the Spirit of God was so strong in me. Mm. Like, I had a yearning to, to be in the ministry, but not the opportunity. Mm. And I thought, I thought just because of my raising, maybe just the Spirit of God just been, you know, fellowship. Mm-hmm. But it was always there. Well, when I was advertising director for the blue chip firm, I felt the same tug in my heart. We had a large industrial complex. Not knowing what to do or where it was, what was going on, I would walk my lunch here around this complex. I would be praying. I would be seeking God, you know, praying. And this one for weeks. And finally, finally God said, I want you to come. Okay, God, uh, what do you do? You know, go to China? You know, go to <laughs> India? You know, said, no, come home. No, no, no. You, 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 don't, you don't mean that. God, give me something hard. Come home. No, okay. That's dad would say, "Come on home. Uh, give me, give me something that really hurts. You know, <laughs> something I have to give up." After a few days, a couple of weeks, I said, "Okay, Lord, mm. I'll go home." Well, that's my my first journey back, and I I did not realize, I seriously did not realize that was a calling. Mm. Okay, so I went home, but my my family was still there. Yeah, and being the younger brother, God was knowing. God was knowing me, and I was writing this material, and my siblings were jealous. And I saw the conflict, and I told mm. God, I said, God, I'm not, I'm not going to be the source of strife. Strife is not of you. Mm. And so I told my family, I said, okay, 
I, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to be the source of strife. And I left with, without a job. But God always provides. In this, this bridge, this transitional period, I became a freelance writer for Aviation Magazine. Wow. I had 35 lead articles in this magazine. Again, a foundation for what God was doing. <laughs> God gave me a job. I, I, was, I worked for an eye surgeon, a world-famous eye surgeon. I was his, his, his gold man. I was the manager of everything. Wow. He had 10 airplanes. You know, I had expense counts. You know, I, had, I had all this. But it wasn't quite finished yet. Mm. But until it's ready, until it's ready, God provided. So my father passed away. Mom took the business. Mom passed away. Older brother took over. He passed away. Another brother took it. And 15 years ago, God spoke to my brother as, as his story. He was coming out of the shower, and God said, Tom, I want you to resign and offer it to Philip. <laughs> Well, okay, that's hard in the ego. He eventually said, Phil, you know, I need to talk to you. We live in the same city. And I'm working full-time as a, uh, one of the world's largest uh, service industry in, in the air conditioning. And he said, meet with me. Oh, Tom, I can't. I'm going to such and such. You know, I got appointments all day long. And finally, he was very insistent. He said, meet me. I've got to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I've got to be up here at 1 o'clock. I'm down here south. I'll meet you at Taco Bell. We'll have a, a taco in Mm-hmm. And goodbye. <laughs> and so he told me the story. And I'm still eating a taco. I look at my watch and said, Well, I got Tom, I got to go. Uh, we'll, t- we'll think about it. Mm. And all week, my wife, my dear sweet sounding board, said, Hun, what are you going to do? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Well, at Friday, she said, Hun, if you don't do it in five years, you'll regret it. Mm. Oh, woman, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> but she was right. Yeah. You know, she. she I was caught up in the in, in the world, okay. So that next Monday, I resigned. Wow! And eventually, over a period of a few months, I took over directorship. And I, I'm president, but I don't consider myself a president. I'm not even really a director. Mm. I am God's vessel. Amen. Amen. Well, let's let's stop you right here. Can you stay with me a little longer? We yes. can talk more about this. Yes. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Uh, just stick with us. We're going to talk more about this this great ministry, uh, the Gospel Track Society, when we get back. Stay with us. Addison's here on American Family Radio, and today I have a special guest in with me, Mr. Philip Buttram. Uh, he's the president of the Gospel Track Society, but you heard it from him. He's just a vessel being used by God, and so I want to talk a little bit more just about tracks and, you know, how they can be used or uh, have been used and some of the testimonies that you heard. Um, first thing, you know, for people that would say, tracks, uh, that was like, you know, years ago we did that. It's, it, what would you say 
uh, is the usefulness and the importance of being able to pass out a gospel track today? Well, actually, it's really pretty simple. Today's technology, people can scan their phones on the Internet, and they can push, they can scan, they can uh, tap it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. The thing about a gospel tract, it's there. It's a physical piece. And having been in, in marketing, I know if you can get a person's attention in three seconds, mm-hmm. they may open it up. If they've got another three seconds, then there's a likelihood that they're going to finish reading it. If they don't finish it, they'll probably put it away and look at it later. Mm-hmm. Something on the web, it's, it's gone. You click goodbye, it's gone forever. Yeah. A gospel tract is there until it rots. <laughs> and the word of God does not run. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so what are some of the testimonies that you've heard from, I, I would guess, around the world, you know, just of the impact of some of the tracks that you guys have put out? I, I've got three stories that are my, my favorite I'd love to share. Okay. The, I, was, I was raised on the ministry. Mm-hmm. And again, we had, I had, you know, siblings above me and below me. And I would race my mom. We had a large dinner table. Mm-hmm. We had tracks on it, and I would race and we'd pick samples. And so we'd get like, you know, 10 cents per sample or nickel or whatever it was. And I can remember I was probably 9 or 10, mm-hmm. and I'd, I would race Bob, and I stopped in the middle of the table and looked up at Mom and I said, Mom, where do these go? I mean, I know what they are, but where do they go? Mm. <laughs> and so she stopped. She looked at me and said, you know, last week we have a let- got a letter. Let me tell you about it. We received a letter from a, a man who lived in New York. He was a World War II vet with all the things that come with warfare, mm. he had become an alcoholic. Wow. And the letter started out, said, you know, I close out every bar in New York City. When one closes, I'll go to the next one. Hmm. Another one closes, I'll go to the next one. When the last one closes, I'll go sleep on the streets. Mm. I'm homeless. Mm. Well, this particular night, he had closed out the last bar. And he said it was pouring down rain, you know, a real toad choker. It's just, you know, dumping on him. Yeah. He went and sat on the curb, and he looked up and saw the bridge that went over to Manhattan. He said, you know, nobody even knows I'm alive. I don't have income. I don't have a home. I don't have any family. I think I'll just crawl up that bridge and jump. They probably won't find me. Hmm. And as he's contemplating death, the gully is full of water streaming down, and he saw something floating. He looked down to the left and saw it floating, watched as it went between his knees, went to his right. He said he reached down, picked it up. Looked at it. He said, I'm so drunk, I can't even read it. So I held it, and he looked over, saw this street corner had a light. He said, I got up, I staggered over to the corner, leaned against the post underneath the light, and I began to read it. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Right then and there, he found (laughs) Christ as his Lord. He closed the letter. He said, Brother Buttram, I must confess, I still close out every bar in New York City. But now it's for Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> Who knows where that track started? Wow. Someone looked, looked at it, <laughs> threw it away, offended by Jesus, but its mission, mission was not completed. Hmm. God had a time. God knew that man's heart hurt. He was despondent, but God loved him, hmm. even in his drunkenness, to say, Son, come unto me. Wow. I'll save you. I'll wow. give you peace. Wow. That's the power of God's word. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, it was for him. For him. (laughs) The word of God never dies. Mm. It may change places. Mm. It may change hands. But the word is alive. That's why it's so important for us as vessels, as Christian, in this dying world, 
to be planters of God's seed, mm. whether it's at work or in the family or on the street. We have a, a dear friend in the ministry. She's very timid. But when it comes to the Word of God, she takes on a boldness of the Holy Spirit. Mm. She said that, you know, she'll be at a gas station, and she saw a guy on a motorcycle, big, tough guy with tats all over. <laughs> she went to her purse, pulled out a, a gospel tract, walked toward, and he's in an intersection, a stoplight. And he said, here, here, would you like a poem? He looked at it, took it, dug his pocket, roared off. She has done it time and time again. So it, it doesn't mm. matter where we are. Mm. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, we can be used of him to spread the word of God. Amen. Amen. She, she has this, this one story just recently. She was driving someplace, and God said, pull this gas station. She said, I don't need gas. Said, pull the station. She said, there's one man pumping gas. So she went to her purse, pulled out a tract, walked over to him, said, God loves you. Stuck the track out. He said, I don't care. I'm going to hell. She got sat back. Okay. <laughs> well, I hear her go again. God loves you. Offered it again. He said, no, lady, you don't understand. I'm going to hell. Well, let's be real stubborn here. God loves you. He said, ma'am, I'm on my way to kill somebody, and then I'm going to commit suicide. I'm going to hell. Wow. Wow. Okay. God loves you. He took the track, put the pump back in the, the little handle, drove off. It was a small town. She was expecting to read in the papers the next morning, murder, suicide, blah, blah, blah. It was never there. We don't know mm-hmm. what that man did. Yeah. We do know that a seed was planted. Mm-hmm. We do know that the word of God is alive, is powerful. Yeah. It takes us as vessels to take the seeds and sow it to somebody, mm-hmm. a family member, a grocery store, uh, wherever we are, yeah. a peers, people we work with. You know, We have to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And I encourage people to say, Father, show me today who I can talk to who I can show, sow the seed with and pray over the, the tracks that they carry. Everybody should carry some tract with them. Maybe maybe they just have one title they really like, you know, something that relates to their testimony. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. A seed is a seed. If it contains the word of God, it will go forth. It will grow when it's planted. Yeah. Maybe not today, not tomorrow, but it will grow. One of my other favorite stories is one of the original, one of the original Hell's Angels. A very mean, mean man. Mm. His first name is Gus. He was so mean that when he got high or got drunk, his brother bikers would lock him in the barn until he came off his high. Wow. Uh, he, he was ruthless. Wow. You know, he he's done many things and admitted. This one time, he got bad news. They locked him in the barn. And they would feed him underneath the door. They'd give him food. For three days, he's locked in the barn. He said he came out. You can imagine being in the barn. I mean, he probably was not clean when he went in the barn. Right. Well, he went to the Western Union Station in L.A., thinking that maybe his family members here in the Midwest had sent him some money. So he's in line. And this is decades ago. And he said there's a young man walking down the line, handing out pieces of paper. So he took it, looked at it. No, nah, this is trash. And he threw it away. He looked down and it stuck to his thumb. <laughs> he shook it off. Yeah. It stuck his thumb. He did it three times, and finally he put it in his pocket, slapped his other hand over the pocket, jerked his thumb off of it, and went to checking about the money. That evening, he was at the house of a fellow biker, had supper, 
had his feet up on the coffee table watching TV, and that still small voice reminded him he had something in his pocket. He pulled it out and read it. It was a gospel tract. Mm. Right then and right there, he was convicted. He asked Jesus in his heart. He received Jesus as Savior, and he did a complete turnaround. He opened up a halfway camp in Alabama for ex-bikers, ex-cons. He ministered to many, many, many hundreds of thousands of men and women. Back, taught them, mentored them. He was he was the most tender man after conversion of Christ. You know, the Bible says, "Who those who have done much, received much, are more grateful." Mm. He was extremely tender. He was used because one young man, who we don't know who it was, had the the nerve to hand out a gospel tract to people that he were in line. They took it. The word was important. Yeah. He just said later that he said, "You know, I don't know if that tract stuck my thumb because I was so dirty, which I was." <laughs> Or whether it's the Holy Spirit. Mm. It didn't matter. God <laughs> had his name, and God was calling him. Amazing. Amazing. I'm just thinking about that the word of God does not return void. No, never. But it accomplished where That's it's That's point. Absolutely. It, you know, and, and it's amazing to hear these stories. And um, for people who are out there listening right now and say, man, I want to get some of these tracks, where do, where do they go? And how, how do they get some of, of these tracks? The, the easiest way right now is to go to our webpage, which is just our name, gospeltractsociety.org. Mm-hmm. Now, we have over 900 titles. Not all of them are on the web, but people can donate on the web. They can order tracks on the web. They can send us an email. They can give us a prayer request. If someone has, let's say, a children's ministry, they have a passion for jail ministry or, or nursing homes, mm-hmm. if they would contact us, it would be our blessing to send them a sample pack of maybe 25 Tracks in that category, you know we have we have we have a, a comic book that is a four page excuse me four color, forty eight page comic book from the book of Luke mm. that depicts the birth of Christ to his resurrection. We have it in seven languages. Wow. Okay, it is a ministering tool. So wherever people want to minister, wherever they're called, wherever they will listen to the Spirit of God to be used, yeah, God has given us a title, a tract for them mm. to be used. We. Be, having an advertising, I strive to make everything readable for the person who does not have English as their primary language. Maybe they come from, you know, from wherever. Right. So the words are easy to read. God is simple. Man makes it complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, God is easy. <laughs> yeah. And I praise God for that. And so the word is simple, <laughs> but every salvation tract that we have has a, a, a scripture in there that will lead them to Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the word does not, does not die. It's Amen. there. It's there. Amen. Is there a particular track that you like? Well, I tell you, something I, I, I do, and unfortunately, I don't know if you can see this, but a couple years ago, it seemed like I was getting bombarded for, by beggars on the street. If you hold it up, they can see it too, oh. just to let you know. Okay. I'll, I'll, point, I'll, I'll point out, the first thing you see here is a $5 bill. I was coming out of a, a, an office supply store, walking across the parking lot, a lady stopped her car, got out of the car, and came and asked me for money. Well, I had a couple of bucks, but, you know, this is kind of strange. Yeah. Well, God began to deal with me about that. So I started looking for, okay, God, what do we do? We have, we have one track called the Life Death Tract. This is the, the most famous tattoo in the world. One way says life, one way says death. Wow. Okay. okay. If, yeah. if there's a person that has a tat, they know this track, this tattoo. 
life and death on one side, the word of God on the other side. Mm. So this, I carry this, and I carry this track, which talks about the love that everybody on the street is not loved. They need love. They need to know that they're loved. So God instructed me to put these two together with a $5 bill. I carry these in my truck, in my car, in my briefcase. And when I see someone begging on the corner or they come up to me, mm-hmm. I make sure they see the $5 bill. <laughs> They'll take the seed of God. <laughs> that seed is planted. <laughs> Father, do with it what you will. Yeah, yeah. Their blood is not in my hands because mm-hmm. I gave them the word of God. Wow. And one thing I, I've, I asked God several years ago is not to let me leave somebody in the lurch of sin when I've been given the opportunity to minister to them the seed. Mm. I do not want to stand before Jesus at judgment day and say, Phil, you didn't talk to Bill Brown. Mm. He needs some, oh, God, I, I didn't like the guy. <laughs> I don't want his blood on my hands. Mm. If God talks to me to, to talk to somebody, now, I don't go to the street corner and, and shout and scream, mm-hmm. but God has stopped me to talk to people, and I'll do it because I don't want their blood on my hands. If they throw it away, mm. okay, God, yeah. I tried. I gave your seed. Right. But the seed is going to be planted someplace. Mm-hmm. Somebody will pick it up. Somebody will read it. And I thank God and I praise God for him. In your estimation, um, as far as we as believers, why do you think we don't do more of that? Like in your in your mind, like what, what, what what's the problem? Well, <laughs> you know, issue? The, the easy word is to say we're lazy. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll just be blunt. But a lot of people don't like confrontation. They don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to be mocked, made fun of, put down, shamed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, talking about being ridiculed, Jesus was mocked. He was ridiculed. Yeah. He was, he was called a liar, called false prophet. You know, whatever they call him, they may call us. But he was faithful to his calling mm. a sacrifice we've got to be faithful to our calling as servants we are we are vessels we, everybody everybody has somebody that they can talk to are we going to talk to them oh it's embarrassing <laughs> yeah okay fred knows what i do in the daytime you know i i i've told a bad joke you know i've let words slip out of my mouth or you know i did this i did that how long does it take to stand righteous before the lord Three seconds. Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm done. Now I'm righteous before the throne. Father, anoint what I say, what I do, and go talk to somebody. Yeah. And and people, it's it's too easy. It's too convenient. And Satan has used that to his advantage, mm. to our disadvantage. Mm. You know, most churches do not propagate street ministries or evangelism. Pastors are concerned about their own life. You know, it's, mm. it's busy. They're to minister to the flock. Mm. But they're also to encourage the flock to be disciples and get disciples to talk about Jesus Christ. Amen. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You can go to Gospel Tracks, T-R-A-C-T-S, T-R-A-C-T, society.org, gospeltracksociety.org to get some of these tracks. Uh, Thank you so much, Mr. Phillip, for being here with me. My blessing. God bless you. God bless you. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Yeah. 
Hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical, born again, fully, yes, evangelical. Hey, my commitment is consistent in my father's work. How can you say that you a Christian if you're not at work? Your temporary Sunday's not enough. The everyday life revivals and everyday life for us, yo. I kick your less by having titles in the church. Cause serving hood's the only hood I'm repping on this earth. New, though. Man, this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. It was a great time with uh, Mr. Buttram of the Gospel Tract Society. And it's uh, amazing how many ways God can minister through us, you know. So many ways. And I remember as I was talking to uh, Mr. Philip Buttram, I was thinking about my dad. Uh, It's amazing because my dad, um, he had a heart for evangelism. And he was really in charge of the evangelism team at our church for a time that I grew up in. And uh, he would go out and have a team of people that would go with him and they would go street uh, witnessing. And I remember one of the first times I ever been out there, you know, my, it was with my dad. My dad took me and uh, we would go around to different uh, people's homes in New Orleans and knock on their doors. It was like a Saturday <laughs> and ask, ask them if they needed prayer for anything, you know, and that, um, and it was amazing back then people didn't refuse prayer. You know, they, they at least allowed you to pray for them. And I remember my dad taking me around with him. I mean, to the hoods, you know, my dad grew up in a Magnolia project in New Orleans. So it, the hood wasn't, it wasn't a thing for him that he will go around and he and we would ask people they needed prayer. I remember my dad also um, when it was Mardi Gras time in New Orleans. You know, we didn't celebrate that as a family um, when we learned better, you know. It, but my dad took it as an opportunity to go out and do street witnessing, and he would be out in front of the parades with a bullhorn, preaching about Jesus. <laughs> and then I remember my dad. The first place I ever had a chance to minister was in the prisons in New Orleans. My dad was a prison minister. He would go and he would share with the inmates. And man, it was just, he he had a heart for evangelism. And one thing I remember, my dad had this fanny pack. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. So this was like probably the nineties or whatever, but he had this fanny pack that he would wear around his waist and it was full of gospel tracts. You know, so we'll, when I was talking to um, Mr. Philip Buttram today, you know, this gave me a memory of, of my dad who really, um, in my life, I saw him do the work. You know, I saw him do the work. Like, he really, and not only that, but there were times that he took me with him, you know, and I, you know, to for me to do it. And so I saw him do it, and he allowed me to do it as well, so... Um, just those opportunities. And like uh, Mr. Phillips said, man, you never know who's going to receive the word of God. So you may give a track to someone and then turn around. It's not that person that keeps it. They may discard it, but someone else picks it up and they are touched by God. You know, they're saved or what have you. You know, it's the same thing even with radio. 
as as someone who's speaking on the radio, we don't see who we're talking to, but man, God has used the the vehicle of radio to uh, uh, lead many people to Christ. And so his word never returns void. His word never returns void. And we can bank on his word producing what it's supposed to produce. It's just on us to be able to be those vessels to be used by God. And so it's an amazing thing. And I praise God for that. I want to kind of go back to something that I was talking about in the first segment as far as the conference go. And I know many people who are listening, you may be um, coming, and some people are, are not coming. You can't make it this year. But I would pray that there would be an expectation from the Lord to do some mighty things. Like God has uh, uh, really shown up in the past, but we don't live in the past, right? We, we desire to see God move today. And so as you're preparing and getting ready to come, I'm hope you're, I, I hope you're praying as well. I, I hope you're open to, you know, what God is speaking to you. There may be some things that you are inquiring about that the Lord will want to use at this conference coming next week as we meet together to answer those questions. You know, I just firmly believe that that's, it's an opportunity to meet with God. And so uh, even as we are preparing and, and we a lot of work has been put in and a lot of, you know, things behind the scenes, what matters most is that the presence of God is there. I feel like Moses when he said, God, if you, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. It's the same thing. God, if your hand is not upon any of the work, any of the ministry that we do, if your hand is not upon this radio show, I don't want to do it. The presence of God is something that, man, I think sometimes we sleep on. You know, we can have whole church services without the, the presence of God. And, you know, we, can, we have lives that we live day after day, and it could be void of the presence of God. And I'm not talking about some conjured up emotion. I'm talking about the true reality that God is at work in his people today. The true reality that God has given us weapons, that God has given us power through the Holy Spirit, that God has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. And so I'm determined myself to seek him for, 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 for his face, not for his hand, you know, for his face. Seek his face. Seek his presence and ask the Lord to help, you know, in those areas where we're lacking. I just firmly believe that God is, is going to show up and, and that as we meet together. Because, look, it's a great time of networking. It's a great time of fellowship. You know, things happen. You meet people from all over the country. Man, it's a truly a blessing that, that, that we are able to do this conference each year. And I'll tell you what, praise God for American Family Association, you know, being able to get behind this and say, yes, whatever is needed, we want to, we want to do it because, you know, it's an opportunity for God to move. You know, even in talking to some of the directors of the Youth Apologetics Track and some of um, the, the topics and things that's going to be covered, I'm like, man, when I was a young person, I never got to talk about these topics, you know? And I know it's only for a couple of days, two and a half or whatever. But man, these things I 
I believe can make a, a, a strong impact in the life of a young person, in the life of married couples, and, 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 and everybody, you know, if we're open to what God want to do. And so as you're preparing to come, you know, I'll just say pray specifically. Pray specific prayers. Ask the Lord, you know, whatever it is on your heart that you need, whatever answer it is, whatever direction, man, let's not be afraid to to pray specific prayers. You know, I'm reminded of the scripture. This has been a scripture that um, that God has brought to my attention quite recently to, to meditate on. And I, I think I said this before, you know, sometimes I'm reading scripture and as I'm reading, you know, God will say, stop right there. You know, I, I will just feel that the Lord is saying, don't go any further, but I want you to constantly go over this particular scripture until you get it inside of you. And so the Lord does that with me. And I, and I would say, and I was talking to some people uh, yesterday and I was saying, man, it's not about how much that you read, how many scriptures It's mainly about what we can apply. How many scriptures can we apply? How many scriptures can you live? You know, and that's the thing because we can recite and we can say this and do that, man, but how many can we live? But the Bible says in first John chapter five, verse 14, that this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, and that's the key, asking according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. This scripture to me is pretty straightforward. We can have confidence now before him. We can boldly approach the throne of grace. This wasn't always so. When the high, when the, when the high priest would go, they, they, it wasn't like they just boldly went to the throne whenever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to go into the Holy of Holies. and It wasn't that way. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and what he's done, we can approach the throne boldly. We can enter in with confidence as we pray that if we ask anything according to his will, this is where abiding in Christ and where we, our lives lived in him, where it matters. Because if we are abiding in him, then we will ask things that are according to his will. But if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Man, what, what confidence in that? Knowing that God hears us. There's no question about it. No question about it. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, if you believe that, if you understand that he hears you when you pray, he can hear you. He's listening. He's actively listening. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. And so that's my point. Make specific prayers. Specific prayers. As you get ready to come to MFL 23, pray specifically. And I believe that God will answer in specific ways. There are certain things that God desires to speak to his people 
that because we don't ask, we never get the answer. And there are things that are personalized to you, situations that you are dealing with, the decisions that you need to make, that you have to ask God specifically, Lord, please bring me clarity about this situation. You have to ask him, Lord, show me. I don't understand. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who give liberally and without scolding. So we can ask God for wisdom. If there's situations that we're running up against, Lord, give me wisdom for this situation. Help me to know what to do. Help me to apply the knowledge or the understanding that I have wisely. And he promised that he would give us wisdom liberally. He won't hold back and he won't scold us for asking. You know, sometimes, you know, growing up, you can ask for something and your parents are like not really wanting to give it to you. And, and you kind of, you, you're persisting in asking and it's like they're getting aggravated. You know, they may scold you. If you ask me one more time, <laughs> You're going to be in trouble. Well, God is not like that. He desires to hear from us. He wants to know what's on our hearts. And the the truth of the matter is he already knows. But because of the relationship that we have with him, there's nothing that we can, uh, uh, that we should hold back from asking God for inquiring about. He has promised that he will give us wisdom. He has promised that if we ask according to his will, that he hears us. He has promised these things. And so I'm saying that in the context of the conference. I'm saying that in the context of, you know, as we prepare to come together, that there will be an anticipation, an anticipation to hear from God, an anticipation not only just to come together to conference as an event, but that we would see our coming together as an opportunity to be in the presence of God. And I pray right now for all of the speakers, Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint each and every one of them for what they're going to be doing. God, I, the, the times of worship, I pray that you would anoint, oh God, I pray that every person that's planning on coming and being a part of MFL 23, Lord, I pray, God, that you as you place things on their heart, that you would answer their their prayers. I pray, Father God, that every situation, everything that has to be set in order, God, that you would do, that you would bring clarity, God, that people will receive words and understand what you're desiring to do with them. I pray, God, that families will grow together in you and be strengthened. I pray that young people would, would leave there more equipped And I pray that if anyone is there who is not born again, that they would not leave until they know you as Lord and Savior. God, do your work. Do your work. Do your work. This has been Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. And we'll be back tomorrow. But until then, God bless.